It's time for another holiday hot mess episode of Keeping the Yuletag Gay with Gason. So get ready to have a little Christmas in April as we waltz our way right out of the Christmas closet. Welcome to another episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason, or as my friends just call me, Jason. Happy April, my holiday friends! We've got a fun-filled show for you today. We'll hear about uh, the holiday poop log. Mrs. Claus has a very quick and tasty treat for you sugar addicts. Carol's back with a special guest to talk about her next party planning segment. Ned's here with an apology gift. And we will see if the city that forgot about Christmas is a classic or not-so-classic Christmas special. Well, let's get on with the show and start things off with our festive fun fact. Y'all, our festive fun fact may seem a little crass today, but it is amazing. Trust me, and it is not a late April Fool's Day joke either. We're going to be talking about the Tio de Nadal, otherwise known in English as the Christmas Log. Now, it's a character in uh, Catalan mythology relating to a Christmas tradition that's been widespread in Catalonia and some regions of Aragon during the holiday season. Now, the Tio de Nadal is a, literally, it's a log, okay? It's a piece of wood. All right, it's hollowed out, and it's about 30 centimeters long, or for us weird Americans, that means 11.81 inches. Recently, the Tio, the log itself, uh, stands up, right? So recently, what they've been doing is putting two to four stick legs underneath the log, and then they give it a very broad, smiling face uh, painted on the higher end of the log, then they put on a cute little red sock hat and some type of three-dimensional nose, whether it's another carving that's glued on or maybe even a little poof or whatever. Now, those have been added to give him um, more flair than just basically a dead piece of wood, okay? Now, beginning with the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, which takes place on December 8th, someone in the family, usually a child, will give Tio a bit to eat, every night and then covers him with a blanket so he won't be cold. So they literally like try to shove food into this log. Okay. Or put it down by the log so that it can eat. And then they put a blanket on him so he won't get cold. And the story goes that in the days preceding to Christmas, children must take good care of the log. They got to make sure his blanket's on him and they got to feed him every day so that, okay, now get ready for this. And I'm not kidding. The log will defecate presents on Christmas Day or Eve. Yes, this log will poop presents on Christmas Day or Eve. I'm, I'm not kidding, okay? This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life, and there are so many videos out there of people celebrating Tio de Nadal. Now, um, depending on your family, you can either do this on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. Um, traditionally, the adult would put Tio 
partly in a fireplace, and then you basically tell Tio to defecate gifts or to, to poop them out. Now, the fire part of this tradition really isn't used as much anymore because many homes just don't have fireplaces. You know, and back in the very distant past, um, you would need to burn the, the, the log as well. Now, to make... Just every time I read this, I, I giggle. To make him poop or defecate, you then beat the T.O., you beat T.O., the, the log, with sticks while singing various songs about T.O. de Nadal. Now, the tradition says that before you beat T.O., you have to have all the kids leave the room and go pray to ask for the T.O. to deliver presents. Now, this part of the tradition has also kind of fallen away, but still kids have to go to a different room, usually the, a kitchen, and what they do is they, they're, they're beating sticks, they'll either warm them up, or they'll wet them, which I'm not really sure what the difference is, but it's okay. Um, while they're doing this, this allows the presence to magically appear under Tio's blanket. Now, typically Tio does not drop larger gifts. Those are considered most likely to be brought by the three wise men, which BT dubs cannot wait to cover in another episode. But it does like to leave little candies and nuts and turins, which is a Southern European nougat confection that's typically made of like honey and sugar and egg white and almonds and nuts. And I don't know, it sounds delicious and I really want it. And little small toys. And what I really love about this is, well, yes, the overall wonderfulness of a pooping Christmas log, but is is <laughs> typically what is, how do I want to put this, what comes out of Tio is more communal gifts rather than individual gifts, because then it can be shared by everyone. Now, I have seen some videos and read some things where sometimes the gifts themselves will be labeled with people's names on them, and that's okay too. But I kind of love the idea of the, the fact that everybody in the family kind of shares the, the the candy and stuff like that. Now, Tio is often called Kagatio, otherwise, and I'm so sorry, it's otherwise known as the shitting log or the poo log. And this comes from the many songs of Tio Nadal, Tio de Nadal, that begin with this phrase, which was originally <laughs> imperative. It's like, you're basically saying, okay, Kagatio basically means poop log or shit log. And you think about putting a comma in between. So you'd be like, you're telling the log to poop. You're like, poop log. And this expression um, apparently is not believed as part of an ancient tradition. It's just something that started to happen uh, within the past time or so. Now, to get Tio to give you gifts, you have to sing a song where you slowly and softly hit Tio with a stick. However, you have to hit Tio harder when you sing the words Kaga Tio. And then someone will put their hand over the blanket and take out a gift, and then the gift's open, and then you start the song again, and then the next person takes a gift out, and you do that. Um, again, everybody does it a little bit differently. When I was researching this, there are quite a few different songs that are sung. Um, at the beginning of the segment was one version. There's another version you can go out and find on YouTube where singer Nora Jones uh, created a version. And I just want you to hear the translation because it just makes me giggle. So in English, it's basically this. Now we're going to clean it up because we've already said all those other words for poop. Now we're going to say this. Crap, Tio. Crap, nougat, hazelnuts, and curd. If you don't crap well, I'll hit you with a stick. Crap, Tio. Crap, Tio. Tio of Christmas. 
Don't crap herrings, they're too salty. Crap nougats, they are tastier. I really feel like you all might be thinking I'm making this up, and I'm truly not. There is so much information out there about cagatillo. Um, there are pictures and videos of people making their own cagatillos. Um, I know that I'm actually going to try to figure out how to work this into my family's Christmas this year. Um, <laughs> because I think it's so great. You can also buy some really fun Cagatillo decorations as well. Um, I found an amazing decorative pillow on redbubble.com that I'll link in the show notes that I am personally purchasing because it makes me laugh. So you have to go out and research Cagatillo. You really do. If you go on YouTube, there's lots of videos that you can see of people celebrating um, Tio de Nadal. So I have to ask you, what do you think of Cagatillo? Will you be adding this amazing, just, I don't know, ridiculous tradition to your holidays this year please let me know if you do if you decide to i really would love you to send pictures in um, and make sure you email us and send those pictures to keeping the yuletide gay at gmail.com get out your glue gun and christmas ornaments it's time for our favorite crafting christmas drag queen from up north who always puts the mess in christmas it's time for christmas carol OMG, it's me, Christmas Carol, your messy Christmas queen, don't y'all know? Y'all are just killing it on these vision bars. I'm I'm not kidding. I've seen so many fun themes from yours. I have received even one that's called a Back to the Future a party theme, which is inspired by the movies set in the future. It's genius. Yeah, it really is. Uh, listen, Missy, I expect you to send this gal an invite, okay? I'll bring some homemade bars to the party. Trust me. Um, which kind of surprisingly is what this segment is about. You know, we have been trying to answer the six what you gonna does questions to a super successful party. Remember, there's, there's, there's those questions, right? There are six questions that you need to do to help you plan a perfect party. Number one was what you gonna have a party for, followed by what you gonna pick for a theme, what you gonna eat, what you gonna drink, what you gonna does during a party for entertainment, and what you gonna do to let people know. Well, listen, over those next few episodes, we're going to keep answering these questions. So if you just started listening to this episode, you got to go back and listen to the other two because we're, we are halfway through. We really are. We are getting ready to start on question number three. And if you do this and you listen to these episodes, you know, I know we only come out monthly, but this is going to give you plenty of time to start figuring out your perfect holiday party because we're all getting vaccinated and that's great. Your girl here only got to wait a couple more days till she gets her second shot. And listen, I am so excited about it. I don't even care about those side effects. I'm not going to lie. I'm just so excited. So we're going to start with our third what you going to question in your vision board. Remember, this question is what you going to eat because it's all about the food. Because food is an integral part of any party. I have even brought on a special guest, who to me is the most expertist expert I know. It's my sister from another misser, the one and only Mrs. Claus. Oh, hello, my dear Carol. <laughs> Elbow bumps since we can't hug. I'm so excited to be with you today. Hey, girl. I'm so glad you're here. Listen, I'm going to get right to it, because I know you've got a segment to do, too, and you probably got to yell at that elf Mitzi. <laughs> Ugh, <laughs> oh, that one. Oh, listen, I can't even begin to talk about her. Now, Mrs. Claus, the world wants to know, how do you come up with all those scrumptious foods for all the events you host up at the pole? Well, Carol, you know, it truly depends on what the theme of the party is. Once I know that, I can figure out what we're going to do for food. 
And, you know, you really got to answer a couple of questions. The first one really is, is, is this going to be a party where I'm doing all the work or am I asking my friends to bring dishes? You could even turn that into a contest. I've been to lots of parties and I've not always won because the contest was rigged against me. Anyway, if I'm going to do the entire menu, then I've got to sit down and decide, well, what type of food are we doing? Well, what do you mean? Well, see, when you, when you have to think about it this way. Are you having a, a sit-down seven-course meal? Or are you just wanting to do party foods with snacks and things like that? Then I need to create a food budget. Because if you're not careful, food can cost you quite a bit of money. Which can affect your drink and decor budget. Oh yeah, well let's say you're doing all the food and you're planning this whole Back to the Future theme party. Well, what would you do? What would you make? Oh, I love a theme. You know, first off, everyone should start with step one. Get yourself a bottle of sherry. Pour yourself a glass, because nothing helps me think better than a glass of sherry. You know, for this type of party, I would just do party planners or, or party platters or party snacks. You know, I don't think this kind of a party would be like a seven-course meal. You know, you're probably going to want to be, you're going to be watching movies, and you want to have foods that are easy to eat while you're watching movies. So I would, I would really pick those movies that I feel best represents the theme. So I'd look at movies a bit future in them or future ideas like Back to the Future or one of my favorite movies is The Fifth Element. And you can easily make something regarding either of those movies. You just have to look at what's going on in the story. Like, you know, you could make a Fifth Element inspired nacho dip with only five ingredients. Or, <laughs> I just thought of this, what about a Marty McMac and Cheese Bites? <laughs> and you can also make futuristic desserts based on other future ideas like alien jello salad. You know, really, your only limit is your imagination. And if you've got, you know, if you're stressing out, reach out to your friends and ask them. Or maybe you can just have a movie night to yourself where you sit down and you watch all those movies. And then come up with your ideas. And don't even get me started on my ideas for futuristic cocktails. Because you know I love a good cocktail. You know, the other thing you've got to think about too, now that I'm thinking about it, is really, how many uh, dishes should you have? You know? Because it depends on the number of people you're expecting. You know, seven to eight dishes is good for about 10 to 15 people. But if you're only going to have like a few friends over, that's way too much food. And also, let's be honest, a lot of our friends are going to be bringing surprise snacks and things over. They may bring a bottle of wine or, you know, whatever. So, you know, just be careful with all of that. And honestly, the first thing to do is after you figure out all this, the next thing, honestly, to do is to create a menu. Because once you create that menu and you figure out, you know, what your shopping list is and you're figuring out how long it's going to take, is there some stuff that you can cook beforehand? Uh, is there other stuff that's simply just open in a bag and throw it in a bowl? You know, in fact, that honestly makes me think about your homework this week. If I may, Carol, I think your listeners' homework should be create their menus. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. You should be creating your menus this month and then send them to us to look over. You know, and then you should you should do some more homework. OK, so you're going to be creating your menus. You don't have to break it down by the full recipe unless you want to share with Mrs. Claus and I. And that's totally fine. But you need to do a little pre-work on next episode's question, which is what you're going to drink. Oh, that's my favorite. So listen, send all that stuff to us. We love looking at your vision boards and seeing your pictures and things. So just make sure you send them to me at keepinayultadgay at gmail.com. And again, I just want to thank our very special guest today, the one and only Mrs. Claus. Oh, 
Carol, thank you so much for having me on the show. All right, let's say it together. Until next time. Keep crafting, y'all. Well, the sounds of sherry being poured let us know that it's time to head back to the Christmas kitchen for Mrs. Claus's tasty treats for your holiday fun times. Cheers. Hello, dear listeners. I'm so excited you're back in the kitchen with me once again. You know, it's only eight months away from Christmas. And right now, it's a good time to try out your new treats and you can perfect them for your Christmas party and your celebrations. And we've got a quick treat for you today. I'm calling it an Elfin Good Mix. <laughs> now, this recipe, it makes about six cups or a little bit more cups of this mix. So it's very easy to continue to make more for a big party. Now, what you're going to need today, it's actually quite a few small ingredients and you can add more as you decide to perfect your recipe, yes? You're going to need three cups of corn chicks cereal, two cups of wheat chicks cereal, uh, two cups of mini pretzels, two cups of mini marshmallows, there's a lot of minis, uh, one cup of coloured M&M candies, 20 ounces of white chocolate, and sprinkles for garnish. Mm. And of course, your tools today will be measuring cups, one large mixing bowl, one bowl or a measuring cup that you can melt your chocolate in, and that way you can pour it out easily. One cookie sheet, one or, you know, probably two or three mixing spoons, let's be honest, and some parchment paper. Yes. Now, you know, what step one is, everybody? Step one always starts with our bottle of sherry. That's right. We're going to pour our sherry into our glass because that is what we do when we start cooking. So here we go. Let's get it right to the top. We don't, we don't have to stop. Oh, there we go. We've got our bottle. Mmm. And, uh, of course, we've got to cheers to our to our success. And today's toast is <clears throat> to April showers bringing us beautiful May flowers. Mm. I tell you all, there's nothing quite like that first glass of sherry. And let's be honest, do you believe that's my first one of the day? <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, it's a happy April, everybody, because Mitzi the Elf is on vacation. So it's just me. Thank the heavens above. All right. So now step two, we've got to uh, quickly put our uh, parchment paper on our cookie sheet. So let me get mine out. You know, even if she's on vacation, she's still causing a mess in my kitchen. All right. So get out our parchment paper here. Get our cookie sheet aligned with it. There you go. Alright. Now the best part about this mix is we don't have to use the oven. I mean you can. You can use your stove top if you need to to melt your chocolate. We'll talk about that in a minute. So, okay. Now what we've got to do is we've got to put all of our dry ingredients into our mixing bowl. So remember, 
if we're looking at this, we've got to have our chicks uh, cereals ready. Now, if you don't like the wheat chicks, it's okay. Some of us don't have good bodies for the wheat, so you can use the, the rice chicks, I think. It's fine. So, all right, we've got our chicks here. We've got our corn chicks. And remember, we're going to do three cups of corn chicks. Yes, three cups of corn chicks. So I've got to get the right amount that I need here. So here's my first two cups. And then, oh, I hope I, I might need a bigger bowl. Now I'm looking at this. <laughs> All right, and now I'm going to use my wheat chicks and I've got to do two cups of that. There we go. That. All right. And we're gonna, I'm going to go ahead and just mix the chicks up together anyway, just to kind of do what needs to be done here. All right. All right. And now we're going to do uh, two cups of the pretzels. Now, you don't have to break them up, um, but you might want to. It's it's really up to you. Uh, if you've got some anger you want to get out, you can you can. Mix them up again, you know, so you've got to start from husband. It's a little bit um, demanding. You know, not that mine is, Gordon. I love them. We've been married for eons, you know. But every now and then we have a little bit of a tip that we do. We truly, truly do. All right, so I've got the pretzels in now. And uh, the next thing I'm going to do is put in my, my little mini puffed marshmallows. Now... I said mini because the big ones, they'll take up too much space. Let's be honest, they really will. So, you want to use this. Now, I don't mean like the tiny ones you get in that uh, powdered cocoa mixes you buy. We don't want that small. Although, I guess you could if you wanted to. Now, one of the great things about this recipe is it's really all about you. And what... Oh, good lord, there's marshmallows flying all over the damn kitchen. It's fine. Right. Okay. I've got my marshmallows. You couldn't really hear them, but I bet you heard me messing around with the bag. You know, you can have a marshmallow while you wait to. I'm going to. There's nothing wrong with a good miller. Alright. I'm going to go ahead and start mixing the bowl up together. I do this in steps because, you know, it's just much easier if you, than trying to, you know, as you add ingredients. And if things crunch or crumble, that's okay, it just adds to the experience. Okay, I've got that mixed. And then the other thing I've got to do is my cup of M&M's. Now, I, I just want you to know that you can make this recipe however you want to, you know. Um, if, you, if you want to add some nuts to it or any other type of um, chocolate, you can. So I've got my... Ooh, look at that. Ooh. Okay, here's one cup, two cups, perfect, I'll be snacking on these candies later too, it's okay, I'm a fool if they get gallon, I'm allowed to have a cheat. Nice. Yes, what a beautiful, mm, there's so many flavors and aromas already mixing around in here, but there's just so much happening. It's so beautiful and it's very colourful. You know, this is a good mix for any time of the year. Okay. Alright, so we've got that. 
All right. Now, the next thing we've got to do is uh, we've given everything a good mixing. Now we've got to melt our chocolate in the microwave. Now, listen, you can do it in the microwave or you can do it with a double broiler. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do. I'm trying to save us time, so I'm going to do it in the microwave today. Um, but you have to pay very close attention when you're working with chocolate. Because if, especially white chocolate, you can burn it if you're not careful. And that's going to destroy the taste. And that's not what we want. We, you know, what we do want is another sip of sherry. Oh, so good. Okay. Let's get the microwave going. I'm getting that. Now, you know, our elves work so hard. They, they need a quick pick-me-up snack. And we wanted to make sure we hurt at least one of the elf food groups. Candy. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but elves love sugar. They just... Uh, want to eat sugar only. And that's fine. But, you know, we've got to give them some other foods that we have to have them eat too. Now, do you know the four... Uh, I'm sorry. Do you know the elf food groups? There's candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. And this recipe really does allow us to focus on the candy aspect. You know, you can add candy and uh, candy canes and corns depending on the seasons. But you really... The, the pretzels themselves... Add that extra crunch with the Czech cereals, but also add a nice little saltiness to the, to the treat as well. Now, uh, again, like I said, depending on the season, you can add different colored candies. And so we're coming up on Pride season, mm -hmm. just a couple months away. Whoop. Let's take a look at this chocolate. Ooh, we've almost got it. Um, I'm going to stir it real quick. But, you know, we're coming up on Pride season. And so for this mix, I'm making a Pride mix for Gason. And what I do is instead of, you know, like if you're ever going to make this at Christmas, if you're going to stir up this chocolate, probably give it a one more quick round, very quick, probably about 30 seconds in the microwave. But for Pride Month, what I decided to do was multicolored M&Ms plus rainbow sprinkles for a garnish. Now, if you're doing this at Christmas, you want to do the red and green M&Ms, you know, or Valentine's Day, the red and white and pink, or, you know, even at uh, Halloween time, you can still do the, 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 there's a Halloween mix, I believe, out there now too, that you can do. So you can make this kind of all year round and just add the different colors that you want. I'm gonna go ahead and pour our chocolate out because I don't want it to burn. And I've got it all nice and, and melted. Mm. You know, I'm a big fan of wet chocolate versus the dark and dark. You know, never mind. I do like me some dark chocolate. But I do love a good white chocolate. So I'm stirring up the chocolate. And then what we've got to... Mm, it smells so good too, my God. Okay. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take our melted chocolate and we're going to put it over our mixture. So you're just going to pour it right into the bowl. And it is going to get messy. All right. You just got to get as much chocolate out as you can because otherwise you're going to have to make more. What we're going to do is we're just going to mix the mixture, the dry ingredients with the white chocolate and give it a good coating. Yes, this is messy. Now, as long as the chocolate isn't burning like super hot, you can have the little ones help you make this mix too. Um, you know, they might have fun mixing the ingredients around or uh, breaking up the chocolate for you too. And they'll definitely have fun 
with the second uh, step of the recipe. So I'm trying to get everything a good coating with the chocolate. And it is a disaster in the kitchen. It's so, you know, it's all right if your M&M start melting with the heat. That's okay. So we've got a pretty good mixture going. So now what we're going to do is we're going to take our cookie sheet with our wax paper and we're going to spread this mixture out over the wax paper, right? So And that should also help you make sure everything's got a smattering of the wet chocolate. Do you see why I said this is a really simple recipe? Because oh God, now I'm stepping on chicks and my cute shoes. This way, it's a very quick mix. And it's so fast, you can throw it together pretty quickly if you're having guests coming over and you weren't prepared because somebody invited people and didn't tell you, you know. All right. And that's step, I don't know where we're at, but that's where we're at. No, what we got to do though, is we're going to put this mixture in our refrigerator for an hour. Because, I'm, I'm far away, but I'm hoping you still hear me. Because we need the candy and the chocolate to firm back up. So we're going to leave it. You all should see the kitchen. It is an absolute disaster. All right. So we're going to leave it in the kitchen or in the refrigerator now for a good hour. And we will come back. We'll take a break, have some sherry, clean up our mess. And we'll come back in an hour, let it firmed up, and then we'll tell you about step number six. Okay, we'll be right back. What a long hour that was, wasn't it, dears? You know, I, I've got the kitchen all cleaned up in record time. And so I said, you know what? You need a break. And so I finished off my glass of sherry and I poured maybe one or two more. And then I, you know, just kind of relaxed. And, you know, sometimes I do my cross-stitching. And, and um, you know, I, I, that's what I was working on. And I almost forgot the time. But I'm back, so let's get our elfin good time mix out of the refrigerator. All right. Ooh. Oh, what a colourful mess. Now listen, in my haste to get it in the refrigerator, I forgot to tell you, which is fun because you're listening to a podcast, you can always go back and rewind it. That you need to put your sprinkles on while the chocolate is still melted so that it stick to the stuff. So I went ahead and did that. It looks like rainbow vomit right now, but it's delicious. So I've got it in my pan. I'm just going to drop it on the counter like so. Let it start breaking up. That's all right. We've got some stuff on the floor. We'll get our tilasty broom out. And this is where the kids can help you um, as well. Because what you've got to do is it's stuck together. So... You want to break it up, and that's where the um, the parchment paper comes in handy because you can grab it underneath 
and you just you want to just, just beat the hell out of it and make it into bite-sized chunks and then it becomes this wonderful gooey mess gooey because it's about to but you break it into my god you break it into pieces And then you put it in your serving bowl all nice or, you know, you can store it in a, a Tupperware um, thing. And then you serve it to your guests and they, trust me, they're going to love it. Um, again, I serve it, you know, the elves. This is one of their treats. They really like this around four o'clock in the afternoon. It gives, especially the night crew, it gets them started off right off the right bit. Um, I'm going to get to peace here. Oh my, that is really good. Oh, oh, there was a little bit of chocolate right there. <laughs> <coughs> I got very excited. All right. <coughs> well, you know what I need to do is just wash it down with a bit of sherry. Excuse me. Oh, okay. Listen. Mama needs a break again. So I think this is a good time to wrap up this segment. And um, until next time, yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone, and happy treat tasting. Join us now for a classic or not so classic Christmas special review. And we are back for another episode of classic or not so classic Christmas specials with honestly one of my absolute besties. So of the bestie, guesty, bestie, guesty, guesty co-hosts, uh, we are welcoming my friend Tracy. Hey. <laughs> hey. Thanks for having me on again. You're awesome. Welcome, welcome to this podcast. It's a whole new world over here. Yes, yes, it's it a, certainly is. It's a whole new world full of Christmas joy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about joy. I don't <laughs> know about after joy. This special. Not after this special. Yes. You know, Tracy, one of my favorite movies is Bad Santa with Billy Bob Thornton. Of course, it is. And he has the best line. And I kept I kept hearing that line over and over as I was watching this special that you chose. And he said to the kid, well, kid, they all can't be winners, can they? No. And that is how I feel about... This was certainly not a winner. No. It is, it is not a winner. So here's how it works. I always give my friends three choices of Christmas specials. By just names alone, I haven't seen them. Now, these are specials from anywhere from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, even the even the 2000s, early 2000s. And they have to pick one based on the name. And we have to be able to watch it on YouTube. And so uh, Tracy chose, and I don't know why still, uh, the city that forgot about Christmas. 
It sounded like an interesting title, considering the other two didn't really jump out at me. Well, now, I don't know if you knew this, but mm-hmm. this was actually adapted from a book by author Mary Warren. And mm-hmm. here's the thing that I found out as I suffered through it multiple viewings, just to make sure I could get what happened, is that it's actually part of a four-part series. Oh. Yes. Well, who that, knew? Who knew? Yes. So like, who the would first... want to sit through another three parts? Well, this isn't <laughs> even the first part. This is like part. Th- no, this is part two. This is the sequel. So the first one's called Christmas Is, and it follows the character of Benji, the main character, I guess, sort of. And okay. Benji doesn't understand why he has to be the second shepherd. And then the sequel, which is the one that we just watched, the city that forgot about Christmas, that we'll talk about in a second. Then the fourth one was they moved on and it was called Easter is and oh, wow. surprise, surprise. It's about Benji and Easter. And then the last one, or as I like to call it the final chapter, uh, cause I think they ran out of money was called freedom is, and it's about yeah. the 4th of July. Now these were all produced by a company called Hollywood based screen images incorporated, which produced all of these for Lutheran television in right. cooperation with the Lutheran Church, Missouri right. Synod. So, but, where we live had something to do with this. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. That's that's exciting. That's um, awful. The animation ah! the animation looked like um like old Dennis the Menace cartoons. Yeah, you know what it made me think of? Uh, there's this horrible movie that was made in the 80s. Uh, I believe it's your favorite. It's called The Last Unicorn. Oh, stop it. The Last Unicorn is the best. You love and that movie. It made me think of The Last Unicorn. And sadly, a- that's not the last time I'll talk about The Last Unicorn. The Last today. Unicorn is a classic. It has a stellar it soundtrack. It is a classic pile of garbage. <laughs> it is a classic medieval tale with a fantastic soundtrack and, and good Good characterization. I love that movie. It's fantastic. Well, this should make you really happy because it, it also mm-hmm. annoyed me. Um, I want to go through quickly the cast. So the main character's name in this story is Matthew, a.k.a. Benji's grandfather. And he's played by Sebastian Cabot, who many of us would probably recognize uh, because he actually played the voice of Bagheera the Panther in the original oh. Disney cartoon, The Jungle Book. Oh, really? Hmm. Yes. Did not know until well, I went back and read it. That's interesting. I'm glad that you got to do all this research on this particular show, and I did not yeah. have to do any of it. Yeah. Well, there's more <laughs> research to come. <laughs> then the main villain of this, the whose character is simply just called the Wicked Mayor, is gay Hollywood icon Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> and um, if you don't I, know who that is, then you need to go learn who your gay culture icons are. But okay, I'm gonna have um, to look that one up. He played. He was a lot in like I want to say that he was on like a Hollywood Squares back in the day, or okay, uh, the original Match Game '76 and stuff like that. But he was uh, he was very out uh, at a time when it was not okay to be out. So we we appreciate Mr. Nelson Riley. Um, now, did you recognize Benji's father's voice, Tracy? Um, he seemed very angry. He did, but were yes. you able to? Were you able to pick what other cartoon that voice came from? Maybe. 
Um, it's going to no. blow your mind if you. I want to say is, like it is Dooby Doo. You are correct. It's Shaggy. No. Casey Kasem himself. No was way. That was, that was Casey Kasem. It was Casey Kasem. He seemed very angry and ready to take off his belt. And I, the whole household I, had like this seventies abusive vibe to it. Like even the mom was angry. Like the kid just wanted to wanted to wrap a present and he needed a finger to tie the bow. And the mom was like, "I'm covered in chocolate. Leave me alone." All right. Oh, it was brutal. Um, now, the guy who played Benji, David Kelly, the only thing he has to his name is playing Benji in all four of those movies. Oh, wow. So, well, now, now the dog, sense. the dog's name was Waldo. And the mm -hmm. dog really didn't talk, but made a lot of noise. Yeah. And the dog is actually voiced by a very famous voice actor. And had you heard the dog talk more, you would have recognized that it's Don Messick, who played Papa Smurf. Okay. Scooby Doo. Whoa. Boo Boo Bear. No. And the worst thing that must be on his resume, he must be ashamed of it. He was also the voice of the character The Cat in The Last Unicorn. No way. He was the cat? <laughs> That's awesome. That's okay. Was... This, this takes this episode to a whole new level for me just yep, because it's, it's associated. It's, it's, with it the takes last it on unicorn. a whole new level of degradation. It's <laughs> no, it's not terrible. Oh. <laughs> I knew you would love it. As soon as I read it, I was uh, like, oh my god. Uh, I picked the I right can't episode then. No, I, it's, it's so weird how it worked out. I hate The mm -hmm. Last Unicorn. Oh, I love so it so much. much. <laughs> it's so good. The Last oh. Unicorn. We don't, we don't have the rights I'm to that. <laughs> Ma'am, I'm gonna have to cut that out. <laughs> no, don't do it. Let's get the back on top. The whole podcast. The worst music. Oh. oh god, it's so awful. It's such, so anyway, it's such a good story. It's such a good story. Not this anyway. episode. No, not this episode. <laughs> the last unicorn. So okay, now when the show starts out, it's it's Benji and his dog Waldo, and Benji's like, "Paint, uh, you know, here comes up as our newest Christmas special," and you're like, "What?" Who are you? Right. Because I didn't know. Yeah. Were you confused? Because I was at first. I was. I was like, What's happening? I was because I didn't. I assumed that it was a series of some kind. Like mm -hmm. this was just their Christmas episode. So that's kind of how I went into it. Yeah. It I didn't so realize weird. it was a series of, of, of just a small series. But apparently, I thought yeah. it was like a daily cartoon or something. Yeah, I was really confused. So anyway, so then. He and the dog sled down what I wrote as the world's longest hill mm -hmm. as we go through the onto opening the, credits. Right, and then onto the ice where it's just thin ice, don't skate. Yeah, that's a fat yeah. dog. Yeah, and you're on the ice. I, I don't get it. I mean, that's I not very... I mean, let's face it. We're talking it was done in 74. I was a yeah. year old in 74, so... Don't make any uh, age jokes right Yes, now. don't make any... Yeah, I am not 97, Jason. <laughs> like you claimed at my last birthday. <sighs> so, all of a sudden, we then show up in Benji's house, and like you had said before, he was trying to wrap a gift, and he asked his dad, and his dad was... I agree. His dad was a dick about it. It was angry. Like, so was the mom. Like, 
Yeah. Like she nobody was wanted too to help busy him. to help. Right. And the reason that the tree got knocked over was because he had the dog help. Well, if you'd have helped him in the first place, the dog wouldn't have knocked over the tree and then they wouldn't right. end up makes, outside. That annoyed me right off the bat. So that he mm-hmm. puts the dog's paw on this present because nobody will help him, right? And I, I guess he tied it too tight because the dog mm-hmm. freaked out and then knocked down the tree, which then caused the dad to yell. Right. And he walks out of the house, which, by the way, I put a note in here. The mom was an ass to him, too, because he ate all the walnuts that she needed mm-hmm. for the cookie. And yep. I was like, how many kids do you know sit around eating walnuts? Just mm, right. walnuts. Just walnuts. Well, maybe back in 74. That's all they had. They didn't have fruit roll-ups. Yeah. I guess, yeah. No fruit snacks. No. You know. So they go no outside. Yeah, no little dummies. They go outside. He slams the door and they do this stupid cartoon trope where all the snow falls off the roof. Right. And it crushes the dog. Like that would have, I, I feel like the dog would be dead if the amount of snow that actually fell on it, you know, hit it. <laughs> and they meet his friend who is never given a name. They That's never call right. that kid a name. They never do. They never give him a name. They, now, let's just face the fact that this is 1971 or 74. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. this whole scene was a little racist. I mean, it I was. felt it, it, it was totally racist. First of all, you don't know his name. Yep. Second of all, um, he's the only black kid in the entire thing. The entire thing. The entire thing. The rest now, of the I, thing. I, I appreciate they tried to add a little diversity, but he was never given mm-hmm. a name. Right. And that's never. Probably the worst I went part through. About I it. tried to find cast lists. I tried to find out if he'd been in other specials. And I was like, okay, no. Okay. All right. Great. We don't get a kid's name. So that's another strike against this program that you chose. And so uh, both boys start to commiserate about Christmas. Uh, we don't really find out why the friend hates Christmas as much as Benji's starting to hate it. So they go mm-hmm. talk to Benji's grandfather. And they say something like, sometimes we wish there wasn't any Christmas. And Grandpa begins to tell the boys about the city that forgot Christmas. Well, wasn't, weren't they in, like, Grandpa's work shed, too? Yeah, they are like, in this weird shed. It, I right. also feel like Grandpa lived there. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. That's what I feel like. So then we do this, like, flash back i guess i'm really confused so uh and this is what i wrote a note i didn't realize this was going to be as religious as it was even when i saw the lutheran thing at the beginning i thought oh right. they're going to talk some religion no mm-hmm. this is straight no. full-on religion even the songs the musical numbers yeah. oh my god what was the one the one um what was the name of it um it was I, i'm assuming it is you can't stop christmas stop christmas yeah. You can't stop Christmas. Yeah. The day Christ was born. Well, yeah. and then, I don't know, it, I guess. So I grew up in a different religion and God. Okay. So grandpa says that, that the rest, as the rest of the world was, as the rest of the world remembers God's love and they joyfully celebrate Christmas he starts to trail off and he says, in this town, and then we literally meet a town full of what I wrote as assholes. Right. Everyone is horrible. Yeah, everybody's mean to each other. The mayor is a complete jerk and he hangs around with like, what, three other guys that are also complete jerks. Yeah, I and... wrote, <laughs> this is my note about the mayor. We meet the gayest 
mayor ever, played yeah. by Charles Nelson Riley and his gaggle of gays. He's literally the biggest dick in town. He's yeah. so mean to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it just... Oh, you obnoxious little urchins. They have no business on the streets. Make a note. We need to enact a law banning children from playing on public properties. What do you say to that, gang? Yes, Mr. Mayor. Yes, Mr. Mayor. Yeah. I, I guess then, then this guy, show, Matthew, shows up? Yeah, Matthew shows up he's, out of nowhere. He's a, out of nowhere, he's a carpenter and suspiciously looks like Grandpa. Suspiciously, this just suspiciously <laughs> looks like Grandpa the whole time. And then you get this like Pied Piper vibe that comes out when he yeah. like starts telling, like he starts helping people all over the town and being nice to everybody around the town. And then the, the, he gets the kids all involved in telling them about. Christmas well, and God and Jesus. Only and it's not it's not baby Jesus. It's 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 not God's son Jesus. It's God yeah. himself made into our and made, we're made made so he could be with us. So it's God himself, yeah. not Jesus' son, which is what I'm always been used to, you know, Me Jesus too. Was I, I God's just son. Never but heard that apparently that this is God, God himself manifested yeah. in this baby and i i guess that's the lutheran i don't know i don't want to offend anybody who's on jesus i'm not yeah i don't want it, you either i i don't know much I about just, the religion to speak on it but with the impression i got was that's the lutheran that's what impression I was of jesus yeah so whereas I don't know, like it was very yeah it was strange to me it, it was, was strange. strange so right well okay so the mayor is like, how long are you going to stay here? And Matthew says through Christmas. And this is the only time I laughed out loud. The mayor asked if Christmas was the disease. Right. Right. <laughs> the only time I laughed. We don't like outsiders. How long do you intend to stay in my city? Oh, not long. Only until Christmas. Christmas? <laughs> What's that, a disease? A disease? A disease? A sickness. <laughs> and it's true. Not one of you remembers the message of the angels. So then you're right. He goes and he starts helping people and he's really nice and everybody's really confused. And then he sits out in the woods. So now it's almost, I guess, winter. Like we see the leaves change and he's, he's in the woods and he's playing a flute. And that's when this little girl comes up and she takes the flute and starts playing it. And I'm sorry, it was super gross. She didn't wipe that flute off. No, <laughs> oh, no, she did not. And that's she when the first song starts, right? That's when the yeah. first song starts. The Christmas, you can't stop Christmas. The world was filled with sorrow, hate and doubt and fear, with no bright tomorrow in each eye a tear. Then God gave us His only Son from above. Christmas, the day that Christ was born. Put it all 
And that's when you get like this whole Pied Piper vibe because he starts leading the kids around yep. town. Yep. I, you know what? I didn't think about the Pied Piper until you said something. You're mm-hmm. right. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's in front. I mean, you even see him like yep. in a parade type atmosphere going around town. And it, it, it to me, that was a very Pied Piper. I don't know. It seemed like it was leading. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't I didn't really appreciate that aspect of it. Um, and then it just it just gets stranger from there. It does because uh-huh. he, he takes them to his house, which is I'm uncomfortable with in general. Right. He takes them to his house and they're like, what are you doing? He's basically carving um, a life size <laughs> nativity scene. And yeah. they, the kids with are a like big old angel in the middle of it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And the kids have no idea what an angel is. Right. Which they to don't... me is bizarre. Like, how do you not know what an angel is? Well, I guess if you don't know what Christmas is. Nobody's talked about angels, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I don't know. guess. So I mean, I don't know. It did the whole the whole concept of all of it just had a lot of holes. It really did, because that's mm-hmm. when the kids were like He's talking about the angels and he starts talking about baby Jesus. And I, one of the kids says something like, I've got a baby at home. Tell me about the angels. Right. Like, oh. Right. Yeah. Like and they don't hear about the baby, but then he yeah, says, and so, you can't do Christmas without the baby. It's without all about the baby. The baby. Yeah. It's, it's all, all about, about the, baby. the baby. Right. And then they talk about Jesus loving everybody. And Matthew's a little creepy because he's like, and I love you. And, and you know, you love your parents. And mm-hmm. I get what they were going for, but it was a little creep. I'm yeah. Not I mean, it was a little creep. It was. I mean, you're all these kids in his wood shop, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then somebody steals, the mayor decides to stop Christmas and steal the baby. That's right. Because the mayor can't... is. Yeah. You, you can't the, have Christmas the mayor... without the baby. So if you steal the baby, then there's no Christmas. Right. I mean, that was so... the logic behind the mayor, I think. Which I guess is logical. I don't know. But then, so the mayor plans to kidnap the baby. Um, and then the whole town comes in to help Matthew. And they sing well, song number two. I love how his two. cohorts, I, I, I love how his cohorts were like letting the mayor do it all by himself. <laughs> they were oh, getting yeah. ready to well, sneak off. They, I, were they supposed to be kind of like the three stooges, do you think? I think so, yeah. It seemed that I, way. It was, a, it was a very failed attempt. Right, right. Um. So as the mayor's planning how to do this, the townspeople get together and Matthew starts telling the parents about Christmas and they're starting to carve and clean. And they sing probably one of the most annoying songs I've ever heard in my life called Chip, Chip, Chip Away as they're Chip, Chip, Chip Away. As he's carving that statue in the middle of the room. so weird yeah it was really it, i got a creepy vibe from that too it's so and then, weird then so, somebody comes in and the, the, they take the the statue of the baby 
I guess the wooden yeah, so they carving. Steal a sketch of the baby. They steal yeah. the wooden carving of the baby, and then and then Matthew disappears. Like yeah, he just packs up and leaves. Yeah, you don't even stick around to be like you know, this is how we set it up. Something you just take off. Like yeah, he just what, ditched him. What the what the hell is that about? And and supposedly, <laughs> supposedly somebody figures out why he le- he left so they could figure out that the baby needed to be real. So they put somebody's brother in the nativity scene instead of yeah. instead of a wooden baby. They put an actual baby in the nativity and then boom, everybody realizes, oh, this is real. I, right. I, and Matthew's gone. The reason he left is so everybody would realize that it was real. I, I don't know how you would get that from that, but from Matthew leaving and then he never shows up again, but everybody's so certain about well, so the message okay, so of him leaving. It. Yeah, I had to watch it twice so I could make notes on like the songs and stuff like that, right? Right. On the second time, one of the townsfolk or one of the kids says something like, Oh, we have to we use this baby because remember, God came as a baby at Christmas. And so now that we have the real baby there, basically, it's like saying, like, now we can celebrate God because we have this baby. Whether it's a carved baby or a real baby, it's letting us remember that God came as a baby to show us love. Yeah, I didn't get that but at all. Yeah, I watch it. Wow. Well. So, and then they all start singing that song again. You can't yeah. stop Christmas. Yes, I, <laughs> such an awful song. I was, and then, oh, go ahead. I was just, <laughs> I don't know the whole thing. It was a chore to get through. Um, I did watch it. I took notes as I went. Um, yeah. Well, all right. Let's finish it up, and then we're going to talk about our questions here. Okay. So we flash forward, I guess, back to Benji and his no-name friend, who still does not get a name. And grandpa. Right. And then Benji's parents show up and they're discussing, like the kids are discussing if Matthew was an angel or whatever. And then Benji's parents show up and they're super nice. Yeah. Like what the, they yeah. are so nice. Like, like they, must have had their, they must have had their mood stabilizers for the day. I mean, <laughs> they were just, they just showed up and mom was super happy to be there and super happy to see grandpa. And, and that's when you get the old, you know, wink in the, Wink in the yep. wink of the eye from Grandpa, like he was the like he was the guy in the story. I... Yeah, that's and that's where it ends. Also, right. my last note says, and we still don't know Benji's friend's name, right? Because we don't. So, when it first started, what was your first thought when it very first started? Honestly, the animation reminded me of uh, the Dennis the Menace. Mm-hmm. cartoon so i my first yeah my first thought was, I, was a peanut buster parfait <laughs> oh because dennis the menace used to be the uh cartoons for dairy queen oh that's right he did uh-huh right, yeah. yep well the only thing that i wrote down is i felt a very porn 70s kind of vibe with the opening music yeah it was very just blah. Like you expected to just like you expected to see a lot of hair. Yeah, there's a, it was a real uncomfortable beginning. Like big mustaches, <laughs> big mustaches. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. 
It was just gross. Yeah. Um, I didn't really have any favorite quotes other than when the mayor called Christmas a disease. Yes, that was a good one. Yeah, I didn't really have and any I didn't either. Have either this time around. I really just didn't enjoy this. No, I didn't either. Yeah, it was, um, like I said, it was, it was kind of a chore to get through. And uh, yeah. yeah, you could definitely tell it was dated. It was very 70s. Very 70s. Yeah. Everything about it was 70s. Mm-hmm. Did you notice any hidden gay characters that you thought about or any LGBT characters? Um, I didn't think I noticed any. Although that husband with the blue, with the blue shirt that it had a very gestury vibe to his outfit. Yeah, yeah, like I felt like he was something. One of the townsfolk. Yeah, well, he was the one of the mayor's stooges. Mayor's, that's right. Right. Yeah. He, he uh, his wife showed up in the picture at one point. He was just nagging at her the whole time, and I, I um, I can totally see that because I put the mayor in his stooges. Hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, I got the vibe from all. I mean, it was Charles Nelson Riley. That mayor was gay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You can't act straight. Right. So, yeah. All right. Well, we come to the best part. <laughs> On a scale of one to five, with five being the best, Tracy, how many rainbow candy canes would you give this quote unquote special? Point five. One is just too much. <laughs> I okay. I love that you just said that because I gave it one, and the only reason that I did uh-huh. is because of Charles Nelson Riley. Ah, uh, <laughs> like I've given you a star. No, the a only little, reason little I gave it the point cake. five is because of the the unicorn, the last unicorn voice. The yeah, cat. I'm so mad at you. Ah, uh, that, that's awesome. So come on, that's that's, <laughs> that's out of all the episodes to pick, that that's the perfect one for me because of that little tidbit it, it right sh- there that little connection fate. Huh? fate has a sense of humor fate does have a sense of humor it laughs at me all the time <laughs> no, this is definitely laughing at me um so let me ask our final question then do you feel like this is a classic or not so classic christmas special oh definitely not so classic oh yeah totally yeah, no. I this is no rudolph the red watch this again. yeah this is no rudolph the red nose reindeer or no um Frosty the Snowman. This is, uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And I feel bad because I think people are like, "Gosh, does he only pick the worst ones?" And it's like, no, I'm just literally. There's so many Christmas specials out there that we have forgotten about for oh, yeah. good reason. Oh yeah, but we need to talk about them again. And it's like I just pick random titles and make sure that there's a link. I don't watch them beforehand. I want to be just as surprised as everyone else. Well, this one had and, a really uh, overly religious vibe to it. And, uh, I mean, I guess that's okay if that's what you're looking at. If you're Lutheran, yeah, you know, yeah, you, you no, probably appreciate this. The, yeah, I don't mind the overly religiousness aspect of it, because that's literally what, you know, the or origination of of the religious aspect of Christian uh, of, of Christmas. Christmas. Right. And I'm totally, you know, I get it. And I just, it was just different for me to hear a different perspective, I guess is the word. We right. Use. Yeah. I mean, cause I don't know, baby Jesus was baby Jesus, not God Jesus, manifested yeah. Yeah. as Jesus. You know, I just, that's the part that I didn't really appreciate. But then again, it, it could be a different aspect of the Lutheran religion. I, I don't know. Cause I'm not Lutheran. So, right, I'm not Lutheran either. I, I don't know. What I Lutheran really believes. am a non-denominational person as it is, but um, truth. Uh, I mean, yeah. I was raised Christian Science. My 
parents were Catholic and, <laughs> you know, I think I might have been baptized Methodist, but I don't remember much about the Methodist. I feel like we have just journeyed into a territory of unknownness on this show. Right. Um. So what you're saying then is Christmas is a cacophony of... <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly a cacophony of something, yes. There's tons of different Christmas oh celebrations and, and you have to figure out your own traditions and your own family style and Christmas is what you make out of it with the ones that you love. Oh, what a great way to end this segment. Yeah. Tracy, yes. thank you so much for coming on. Oh, uh, it's always so much fun. I, I love to do these with you and, you know, we always have a good time. We do. Tracy, one more thing before you go. Yes. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you too, Jason. Just when you think the show can't get any worse, it's now time for Naughty Ned's White Elephant gift suggestions. I'm sorry if anyone gets offended. episode hearing a Christmas memory or tradition, so I invited my friend Tracy back to tell us one of hers. If you'd like to share a Christmas memory, don't forget to email us at keepingtheoldtidegay at gmail.com, or you can leave us a 60-second voicemail at anchor.fm slash keepingtheyuletidegay. My favorite family tradition is a German tradition. And what we do in our family is we hide a Christmas tree ornament that looks like a pickle. And it is a green glass pickle. So it it hides very well next to the green of the tree. Not to mention with the lights and everything that shines straight through it, it's really hard to find. Now, my stepmother hides it in the tree every year. And whoever finds it first has the best luck throughout the entire year. Plus they get a prize, which is usually, you know, like a Rubik's cube or a cookie or something. Now 
My favorite part about this tradition is after you have a couple of dance highballs, then you go find the pickle, and then you end up at the tree for about two hours trying to find this stupid glass pickle. But it is a good, fun family tradition that we do every year. Well, that wraps up this month's episode. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Yuletide Gay. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to be notified when new episodes air. And check out my other podcast if you enjoy some Gason more in your life called Gabbing with Gason, which is found on most major podcast apps. We hope you come back for our next episode as we continue to put the mess in Christmas. Bye. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Yuletide Gay. The first Noel, oh Christmas tree, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. The 12 Days of Christmas and Silent Night, the Disco Edition, are provided by freexmasmp3.com.